Hello, and welcome to the Work Well podcast. The World Health Organization has identified the workplace as a priority area for health promotion. Why then does the word work have such a negative and unhealthy connotation for so many people? Think about it. We spend so much of our adult lives at work. Why should it be in a role or in an environment that doesn't support our health and well-being? My name is Brian Crook, and I'm on a mission to make workplaces more positive places to be and to make our working day as healthy and productive as possible. Join me on the Work Well podcast as I interview workplace well-being thought leaders and industry professionals to discuss how employers, employees, and entrepreneurs can lead the way by creating and sustaining the healthy, safe, and well workplaces of the future. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Work Well podcast. Today in the show, I'm delighted to welcome Helen Gallagher. Helen is Global Head of HR for Morgan McKinley, a recruitment and talent solutions business. Helen supports teams across Europe, Canada, India, and five Asia-Pacific offices. Helen and her team have been instrumental in the development of a great culture in Morgan McKinley, with a solid reputation as a great place to work. Morgan McKinley also holds a platinum status as a Deloitte Best Managed Company and is the only recruitment company in Ireland to have been awarded a silver standard for diversity and inclusion from the Irish Centre for Diversity. This episode is brought to you with thanks to the Fruit People. The Fruit People are leading the way in workplace nutrition, both in office and remotely. Check out thefruitpeople.ie. It's with thanks to the Fruit People, we have a delicious, fresh fruit and healthy snack pack to give away to one lucky listener to this episode. Find out how to enter, go to workwellpodcast.com, find the link to this episode with Helen, and you'll find the competition details at the bottom of the article. Now sit back and enjoy my chat with Helen Gallagher. Helen, hello and welcome to the Workwell Podcast. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really good, good, thankfully. How about yourself? How are you? I'm doing great. The weather is lovely. Uh, spring has sprung, so we're all feeling very positive and there is an end in sight to this uh, lockdown life that we're all living. So uh, yeah, things are good. Very, very busy at home and in work, but uh, it's all it's all good. All good. Excellent. Delighted to hear that. And yeah, and t- tell us about tell us about your role at Mo- at Morgan McKinley. You're so you manage a global team from Ireland, as I understand it. I do indeed. Yeah. So I am the global head of HR for Morgan McKinley. So we're a global recruitment and people solutions business. We have seven hundred employees globally, and my team would be based primarily between Ireland, the UK, and India. But we do have offices across 10 countries. So I'm very lucky to have a really great team of office managers across our APAC region who jump in for all the HR and people team initiatives that we that we roll out and implement uh, throughout the year. So they would be uh, a, real, a real support to the people team where we don't have a HR or people team presence in, in all of our regions. So um yeah, so so essentially we're an Irish-owned business. So our headquarters are, are in Ireland and um yeah, between Ireland and the UK would be the, where the majority of, of the team would be based. So we're in the same time zone, at least. You know, so that, that it always is a bit tricky when you're juggling multiple time zones. I can imagine. I can imagine mm. the time zones are, are one thing. 
I imagine the restrictions and and that different kind of policies in each country has been challenging over the last 12 months as well, uh, spread across those 10 countries. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose even, you know, speaking about the pandemic, we've been in on this journey for over a year now. So we have five offices in, in Asia Pacific. And this time last year, we were in really in the thick of it uh, as regards lockdown and, and the, the coronavirus pandemic. We've actually happily come completely out of it um, in APAC now. So we had a call this morning. All of our five offices in APAC are out of lockdown. Uh, restrictions are easing and uh, not all lifted across all of our locations um, in Asia PAC, but they're doing really, really well. So we've been on this journey for, for quite some time. Uh, obviously, Ireland and the UK are still still very much kind of at the cold face. But, you know, certainly there is there is light at the end of the tunnel with, with the vaccine uh, rollout. So you know we're we're we've been we've been navigating through this challenging period over the last the last year to even longer at this stage really. Well, that that's a great positive, really positive story to hear. The mm-hmm. restrictions being eased. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So you know onwards yeah. and upwards across, onwards across every upwards. region. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, f- from a well-being perspective, any kind of interesting initiatives that you've been running that that stand out, maybe maybe globally, maybe locally, that, that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the thing about well well-being initiatives and, and it being a global business, everyone has a different, I suppose, need, mm-hmm. and some well-being initiatives will land in, and and resonate differently in different parts of our of our global business. Wellness is obviously a core part of our people strategy you know we are a people business we don't sell a product we don't sell flat screen tvs or <laughs> you know electric vehicles people are our product so you know we're, we're really really uh, careful to make sure that we, we mind uh, all of our people and wellness both physical mental and and emotional wellness is, is really key to our strategy so i suppose in in terms of some of the initiatives that we rolled out over the last kind of six to six to twelve months or so firstly we never assume so we never assume we know what people want. I think you really need to reach out to people and and get their feedback and and see how they're feeling. And this has been quite a, a roller coaster of a journey over the last twelve months. As as our organisation, as as every organisation has had to quickly pivot and and adapt to sudden remote working. And um, many organisations just weren't used to it and had never done it. We were kind of getting there with it with our flexible working, but certainly we didn't expect to be going from pretty much full-time office working to, to full-time remote working. So we reached out and, and we connected with our people through various pull surveys um, over the last 12 months to see well, what did they need and, and what wellness strategies and initiatives could we you know, implement and support that would support their wellness. So one of the, the really interesting, we did a culture pulse uh, in October uh, last year because we wanted to understand, you know, given that we were remote and we had been remote for, for some time, how had the remote working impacted on our culture? And I suppose that the feedback was really interesting. And there was four key themes that came back from that feedback and from that culture pulse. And they were around the area of well-being, balance, communication and fun. And it was really interesting because, you know, our culture, you know, we have a great culture and we're, we're a really people-focused business. And, and it's, it's, I suppose it's something that we are extremely proud of. But a large part of our culture is around the collaboration and the fun and the activities and the social events that we that we run and the various kind of awards and um, events and so on. And suddenly they were all gone. So we were thinking, OK, well, this is the problem. Balance was a, a really interesting one because you think when you're working from home, 
you're going to have lots more balance and work-life balance and flexibility. You can bring kids to school and dogs for walks and, and whatnot. But suddenly we were finding that people were telling us that actually they had less balance because they were block booking their diaries with meetings because they felt the need to maybe connect more and more with people almost, you know, so they could see what they were doing. And, you know, they weren't used to that whole remote ways of working. So the first thing we did, and it really worked quite well, was we asked everybody to change their default setting for meeting times from one hour to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you put in an hour of meeting and, you know, invariably it might go yeah. over, it very rarely goes under. But you suddenly would have a meeting 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12 to 1. And before you know it, it's three o'clock and you're grabbing a sandwich. And that's just not sustainable. That simple practice of reducing hour-long standard meetings to 45 minutes gave people a breathing space between meetings so they could, you know, get up, stretch their legs, gather their thoughts, grab a coffee, whatever they wanted to do before they, they went into the next meeting. Um, and that was just a small thing that really helped, you know, people kind of find that better balance when they're working from home. Uh, equally, one hour for lunch, we asked everybody to block book that hour out of their diary so people would see that they were busy and they wouldn't be putting meetings in their diary. Generally speaking, we'd be pretty good about the, giving people that space at lunchtime. But, you know, you never know. Sometimes meetings kind of go into the to the lunchtime. So, uh, and it also encourages people to get out, get out when the weather is good as it is getting better now and um, get out, get some fresh air and get a walk in. And, and I suppose that brings me to kind of to the wellness piece. Uh, we're a competitive bunch from time to time. Everybody likes a good competition, I think, in a lot of organizations. So we've done a number of steps challenges um, where we got teams together. Now, albeit it would have been a COVID-friendly kind of socially distant or virtual teams where each team would, ha- would have would track their steps and the, the team with the highest steps or indeed the ind- individuals with the highest steps recorded through a kind of a central tracking system would win, you know, a, a set of virtual yoga classes or we had various kind of wellness hampers and, and things like that. And equally, we try really hard to focus on improving the lives of others in Morgan McGilley. Our purpose is improving lives. And we have a really strong, well-embedded CSR strategy called the Morgan McKinley, Morgan McKinley Million, where we, we set out an objective to raise a million euros um, globally for charitable causes. Now, we've, we've exceeded that million now at this stage. So it's the, the MMK millions rather than million. <laughs> but we continue to engage in, in different events. And we did a number of walks for Action Breast Cancer, for the Simon community and for, for other kind of charities that were close to our, our colleagues' hearts. Um, and we've raised lots of money um, in the last 12 months for those charities. As well as focusing on your wellness, you're kind of, you're giving back to the community. Um, so, so those kind of initiatives have really worked well for us. On the fun side, as I said earlier, we're a very sociable company, but suddenly we had no events because we couldn't get together uh, physically. And we always have a great Christmas party. It's an overnight black tie affair and that was cancelled. And mm-hmm. um, so we did we did a we did a 12 days of Christmas kind of virtual events countdown to, to Christmas. And it was really just to get people through December. Because lockdown, I think, you know, we, we kind of adapted and managed okay in the summer months we had good weather which was which was great but suddenly you know the winter comes in it's dark in the morning dark in the evening and it's just hard for people it's just and you're stuck in you can't see your friends you can't go to the pub or to the restaurant or wherever you usually would would, would meet and socialize with your friends so we did a whole host of, of different events we did a virtual 12 pubs of Christmas it's great fun we had a virtual Christmas party Lots of uh, quiz nights, lots of competitions, Christmas jumpers, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're just kind of like, there's nothing quite like the real thing, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes when it comes to socialising. But 
those kind of events, there was something for everyone to kind of get into the festive spirit, have a bit of fun and enjoy kind of meeting up with colleagues, albeit virtually that they maybe wouldn't see, you know, normally. So, so all those kind of things, I think, have worked well for us uh, in respect of kind of trying to, to, to drive wellness and well-being initiatives um, during a difficult time, really. And and gra- delighted to hear that you, as you started out by saying, you never assume. So you yeah. did your survey, the pulse surveys, the culture survey, and you then, off the back of that, you identified four areas, mm-hmm. and you tried to do a little bit of work in each of those four areas. So yeah, not yeah. assuming you're you're getting you know yeah. listening to people what what they're what they're looking for. I mean, so simple. I, I actually haven't heard this one, but I, I love the idea of that because I think the Zoom default for a meeting is one hour. Well, just yeah, a simple is, change yeah. to change mm. that to 45 minutes. Yeah. And you're just giving people 15 minutes back. If people do feel, you know, if, if it comes to the end of that meeting, they do feel okay. Meeting yeah. has officially come to an end where we're kind of over time here. So such a, such a nice little... Uh, you yeah, know, it's very small, very small, yeah, but very simple. effective. Yeah, yeah. We also brought in a, an early finish Friday, which has gone down really well. <laughs> because again, you know, you're working from home. It's a long week. It's 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 busy. People are really, really busy. and And thankfully, things are, are very good. But... You know, you, you sometimes you need to have that little time to to kind of wind down at the end of a busy week. So so we finish a little bit earlier on a Friday, which is always well received yeah. and gives gives people that opportunity to kind of. I know we're not going anywhere at the moment, <laughs> but we will be, and even yeah. just to get out and, and get some some exercise and fresh now, air. You, you know, the, uh, coming into the summer, of course, that'll be yeah, even appreciated even more. Yeah. I'm sure, but you know, it, it's another powerful kind of tool. I think an old manager of mine used to come around every kind of Friday afternoon around four, half four and like incredibly busy work environments, mm. client facing. And we would work incredibly hard during the week, but he'd come around for a little chat with everybody on the floor, pretty much saying, look, you've, you've had a good week. It's, you know, whatever it is, I know you're working on project X at the moment and it's incredibly busy, but it'll wait till Monday morning. So, yeah. you know, why not check yeah. out, refresh yourself over the weekend and come back on Monday morning. So that just that little subtle and a bit of that little chat was yeah. almost permission to, yeah. to do that and, you know, not to beat yourself up if you're not working late, working all weekend kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a powerful message to send. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it helps instill a, a culture of balance. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really important. And look, you know, we, we try really hard to focus on output, not on, you know, being busy and being present. Mm-hmm. It's all about the results at the end of the day. And if you're delivering results and if you're performing well and you're a positive contributor and you're you know, living the values and demonstrating the right behaviors, that's great. You know, it's it's not about plugging in 12, 13 hour days because that's really not sustainable in yeah. the long term hmm. for, for people, you know. How are you finding engagement in a remote world? You mentioned like, yeah. the quizzes and, and that initially and some some and the 12, 12 days of 12, Christmas. Yeah. I, yeah. I imagine I like just like Zoom meetings. I imagine there's Zoom quiz fatigue setting oh, in as well. <laughs> absolutely. Like no matter what, you know, we, we are all a bit fed up of, of, of Zooms all the time and 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 seeing each other on our screen and not in real life. So so yeah, certainly like that that is that is an issue. And I guess in, in terms of driving engagement, there's more to driving engagement than kind of always getting together in, in kind of Zoom ways and and different clubs of which there are many you know coffee clubs and Netflix clubs and wine clubs and book clubs they're great but you know you can only do so many of those as yeah. well so so we like we try and drive as much in in terms of initiatives and you know what you mentioned there about you know your your boss and your old company come up to you on the Friday and and checking in and saying you've done a great week 
like that is really invaluable. So we're, we're really about communication, keeping the lines of communication open, making people really feel valued in everything that they do and everything that they bring to, to the organization. So something that we launched last year and it was really successful was, and it was very simple, it was a peer recognition awards program called the Lockdown Legends. Hmm. Um, and we brought this in kind of early enough into, into the, the lockdown, I suppose it would have been about April time, because it was just such a challenging time for people. Like suddenly, you know, schools were closed. You know, people, this whole thing of you weren't working or you, you were parenting at work, basically. It was kind of like the equivalent of being in your office with the kids running around. Like yeah, imagine yeah. how distracting that would be. But, you know, it was just really, really difficult for people. So so many people just, ra- just rose above the challenge. They, they kept a really resilient, positive attitude. And there was lots of positive anecdotal stories doing the rounds on various meetings and we do a Friday morning huddle um, every Friday. So lots of positivity. We thought, well, let's try and recognize these people for all that, you know, for all that they do and everything they bring. So we just simply launched a peer recognition awards program called the Lockdown Legends. And the only criteria was somebody who's gone above and beyond during this really challenging time, who's been very positive, has, you know, kept kept going through these difficult times and been a really positive kind of ambassador for the business. And, you know, the award was an actual award, you know, a nice plaque that said Lockdown Legends 2020, we'll never forget the year, um, and a nice a nice gift voucher as well. So it was it was as much and a personalized note from our CEO. So it was as much about the recognition as the prize. Um, but you know, it's it's become quite embedded, you know, the lockdown legends and those people that, that have really kind of led from the front and performed really well in, in a really challenging time. So so that that's really helped to drive engagement. Um, but like I mean, we never underestimate the power that leaders have in our business to really check in with people you know, in our in our weekly and our monthly catch-ups, we would always start with kind of a conversation on how are you getting on? How are you finding things? We've got such a broad demographic. There's some people that are living in a two-bed apartment with three flatmates and they're all, you know, crowding for the, the Wi-Fi and they might live in a fifth floor apartment with no parks around them. Or there's others that have caring responsibilities for kids or, or for elderly parents. There's just so many different, I suppose, elements and, and challenges that our people are facing. So the first thing we do is, how are you doing? How are things going? Everything going okay? And we, we spend a bit of time before we get into the work kind of chat and, and updates and projects and whatnot, just checking in with people and seeing how they're feeling. And if they're not feeling great, you know, we'll work through that with them. If they need more flexibility, if they need some external supports, we'll, we'll work that through with them as well. So it's just kind of very simply just, you know, being empathetic and, and caring towards towards people and, and very understanding of how, how challenging this situation has been for, for so many. I love it. Yeah. And so important. So I, I make a point of starting each episode with the first question is, how are you? It's, yeah. It's just a simple thing to do. Um, just a, a very quick check-in, but, you know, really important. Um, kind of helps just yeah. help people to have, have a conversation before getting getting started, if you like, on the, on, on the yeah. business at hand. And, yeah, and, and, rec- and recognition as well, you know, again, often overlooked, but really, really important. I imagine those lockdown legend plaques will be will be collect- uh, collector's items in, in years to come. We'll keep an eye out on eBay for them. But Yeah, limited edition. <laughs> we, we, we have mugs and everything with them, you know. So uh, I know it's, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lovely accolade to have yeah. and to be able to kind of recognize people. Yeah, Brilliant. You, you mentioned so you met your global role um, based out of Ireland. Yes. One interesting thing I've encountered or some, some kind of queries I get, and it's mainly when the, I guess, the, the function is based or the, the wellbeing program is led from a, from a different jurisdiction. 
But then the, the Irish operation kind of find, struggles to, I don't know, relate to yeah. the well-being initiative, if you like, or the well-being program that's being led from a, from a different country. Yeah. Are you, are you aware of that? And, you know, if for the other kind of, I guess, areas you're responsible for, the other jurisdictions and, and anything you're doing to support them locally? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a really it's a really good point and, and just a real it's a real issue, um, you know, for, for many global organizations. Um, it's not wellness and, and any engagement initiatives. They really aren't one size fits all. Like you really need to adapt and flex them to suit the culture, to suit the, the demographic and, and the, uh, even the, the life cycle of, of the, the organization, of, you know, where you're trying to implement the change and or the, the initiative or the wellness um, program or whatever it might be. So. We like in terms of wellness, we would have dedicated wellness champs across our, our business. Oh. So wellness doesn't always sit with the people team. You know, certainly a lot of the strategic work would, would come from our team. Um, but it's very much leadership led and it's implemented and executed by wellness influencers across our across our global business. So these would be people that just have a real interest in well-being initiatives and they're they're really they're quite influential in, in their space and in their office. And they will get things going. And we, we do this with our with our CSR initiative as well. Like our CSR is, is a global initiative, but again, we have a team of, of CSR champions that will that will implement and execute all the different events globally and kind of locally that we have. So that has really worked for us, I suppose, identifying those champions, those influencers that can really help drive and implement the strategy. And equally, we can collaborate with them and say, okay, we're well, thinking about doing this. You know, we, we know there's a need because we've, we've temperature checked various parts of our organization. How do you think it will land in your local region? Mm-hmm. And they will know that they're there. So they, they will know, you know, how it might land. They can kind of sound check it with some colleagues and that as well. And we find, you know, when we do that, the success is always much higher um, with, with various initiatives. So anything, whether it's a, a well-being week, International Women's Day events, you know, anything to do with engagement or comms. We'll always kind of sound check it with the local influencers, the local teams. They will support the execution and embedding of whatever the, the program or initiative is um, that we want that we want to bring to life. Equally, we have a great platform. I don't know if I can. I don't know if you can sound check or you know if you can kind of name check different platforms. But ah. We do use a, a good platform called WorkVivo. Um, it's, oh, it's, yeah. and it's an internal kind of engagement mm-hmm. platform. It's like an internet, but a bit sure. more than that. It's kind of Instagrammy for business. But it's really, it's a great way for us to connect with everybody in our business. So, you know, a lot of our, our, our colleagues are working on, on sites or in offices, in client sites, like everyone's kind of in a different space doing a different role. A lot of our business is people solutions and talent mm-hmm. solutions. So many employees will be out on site and working. You know, you want to kind of stay connected with those individuals and you want the culture to, you know, to be kind of, them um, to be living the culture and the values of Morgan McKinley. So how they stay connected is by checking into the app. Oh, that's going on in Singapore office. That's really interesting. That's happening in Dublin, London, whatever it might be. And there's really, there's cool spaces within the app. So you can have, if you're interested in wellness, there's a wellness space. If it's if it's parenting, there's even a space about burgers because a lot of people love burgers, gourmet <laughs> burgers. There's anything, you know, there's something for everyone there. And equally, we can share corporate comms there so in the early days of the pandemic our ceo and our chairman on a weekly basis did a video update just to talk to people everyone was just a bit like wow what is happening here mm-hmm. just to talk about you know the impact on the business you know how we were addressing things how we were 
you know, moving to remote working and everything from kind of continuity planning to supports for people who are struggling and so on. So, you know, we really, we really value tools like that that really allow us to stay connected with, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an advantage. Excellent. Yeah, and yeah, no, happy to mention that. As far as I mm-hmm. understand, I work Vivo, or an Irish company. They are, yeah. Based, yeah. based out of Cork. So yeah. Yeah, happy to happy support, to support our own. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's they're if they're ever interested in partnering in a podcast, I mean they they're they can they can reach out. So there's there's absolutely oh. no issues there whatsoever. Um great. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> a great business. They'd be I'm sure they'd no, they be, really they'd be are, delighted they really to are, yeah, yeah, a great Irish success story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love I love what you're talking about there. You're you're it's like you've kind of gone through my own eight-step framework that, that I promote because your, your well-being, as I always say, shouldn't be owned by one person or team. You know, it should mm-hmm. be shared value across the organization. And for Morgan yeah. McKinley, that's you're, you're geographically distributed. You have your well-being champions that network across the different locations. You have your leadership support, which would be step one. Uh, mm-hmm. Step two is the champions themselves or the influencers. And then step three, you've already touched on, is that gathering of meaningful data. So you're you're already covering you know a lot of the bases, kind of the um the, the foundational steps, if you like, for 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 growing a sustainable well-being program. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. Because <laughs> <laughs> certainly, you know, it, it, if if you ever need to have a well-being strategy, it's now. Um, oh no, yeah. And you know, I think yeah, I probably have never talked about well-being more in the last kind of. 12 months than in in five years and and even our own strategy like we we always have this global well-being week every october we we do a global well-being week with loads of events and initiatives and everything but it's all about the week and this year we approached it quite differently like we'll still have our well-being week because everyone loves that week and it's a, it's a good fun week but we have split our well-being strategy into four quarters with a different focus per quarter so this quarter it's movement and and physical activity and just fitness and I think after Christmas, everyone seems to be, I suppose, all, all about the kind of getting fit again. And then for the, the rest of the year, we have it split out into kind of mental health, resilience. We have another one on sustaining your, your body, so nutrition and healthy mm-hmm. habits. And then finally, belonging is actually is, is one of our, our wellness quadrants. And it's, it's just because it's so important for people to feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. in an organization and to feel that togetherness and that we're all part of a team. Because I think together you can really do great things. Um, and even though we're all apart at the moment, and hopefully that won't continue for too much longer, but mm-hmm. that sense of belonging and togetherness is really, really important. And it really underpins our culture and our, our purpose of improving lives. We, we want to start from from within with our with our colleagues and, and our yeah. community. So, yeah, so we have that kind of more holistic approach now to, to well-being than maybe previous years. Very good. And you're covering as well, um, so the, the World Health Organization there, three pillars of well-being physical well-being mental well-being which it's great to see a lot of companies would would cover those but then social well-being is the third so that belonging piece and it's something uh, there's a lot more focus on it now as we're all remote we're we're finding it challenging to to get to that that social well-being that belonging piece great great to hear you're actually you're dedicating an entire quarter to that speaking of that here's an interesting one for you so your your colleagues I, i guess a lot of them would be um, they work on client sites, if you like, f- full time, effectively. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of build and maintain Morgan McGinley culture with them, given that they're they're effectively immersed in a totally yeah. different work environment? Yeah. This could be in you know in normal times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
You know, it's 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 a real challenge. I think it's a challenge for for many organisations, any consulting organisation that would have people out on site, because you know you really need to respect the client organisation, their culture and values, and and embed to a degree with with their kind of customer practice. But also, you know, the reason you're there is you're representing Morgan McKinley. You're you're bringing a service, you know, to that client organisation, and you want to really be a great, strong investor for our business. So I think you know, like. I suppose what, what I would have discussed earlier was around, you know, finding those ways to connect with those people and also appreciating that not everything, it's not a one size fits all approach. So, for example, our three o'clock finish on a Friday, like that's not going to suit all of our people and clients. As a client, that might not work. Everyone else is working till five o'clock. How come the Morgan McKinley crew hmm. who fall for three o'clock? Like that's not going to work. Yeah. So what we do is we find ways to adapt and find different initiatives and, and wellness or, or engagement, or whatever it might be, uh, ways in which, you know, we can, I suppose, adapt it slightly. So maybe it's, you know, different ways of taking flexible leave or, or other, other kind of wellness and balance focused initiatives that will suit the client's requirements as well. So we just need to be flexible, I guess, with, with regard to the different kind of initiatives. It's not going to be one size fits all approach, whether people are in the office, so to speak, or working from home or out on site with the client. But things like the WorkVivo um, platform and, and different ways in which we connect are really invaluable. And we would also bring everyone together, um, either virtually or in person, for, for various events, uh, quarterly updates, Christmas events, you know, summer events, all the kind of social events that, that we would have in place. And they, that would incorporate everybody. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's a challenge. It's, it certainly is a challenge. You need to make sure that you're tapping into to everybody who's, who's an employee, regardless of whether they're on-site or, um, you know, working in either remotely or, or in the office as well, because they have a very different experience. Um, but certainly they bring a lot, you know, they bring a lot of, of insights and, and uh, you know, they can share a lot with us around the culture of, of client organisations as well that, that we can learn from. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's just keeping the lines of communication open and staying really well connected. Excellent. Really good. And you, you have that advantage, as you said, with, with the work Vivo tool. That's a, yeah. an extra... Kind of communications piece there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Really good, yeah. What, what I guess, what, what does the future of recruitment look like? Pre-COVID, we were talking about, uh, or at least I was hearing, candidates were effectively interviewing the the employer just as much as yeah. the other way around, and they were asking about the well-being, the programs, and really digging deep on that. Is, is that continuing? Is, is that even, even more so now, are you finding? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think certainly the early stage of the, of the pandemic, there was there was a little bit of a oh, okay, let's everyone hang on now. Let's not do it. Let's not do any big hiring decisions or 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 anything like that while we see how the dust is going to settle. But you know, people have proven that they can work well everywhere, um, and actually that does open a lot of doors for people who maybe you know remote working wasn't an opportunity that they could have pursued previously. You know, it, it takes. It just changes the dynamic, I guess, of how people view work and how people view productivity. So certainly there's lots of opportunities. And I think employers and, and clients are looking for more agility. So they're looking for more agile. You know, contracting is certainly on the increase as well. It allows for fluid, fluid and flexibility um, for both parties, I guess, in terms of employees who maybe want to broaden their their experiences and also for client organizations who maybe have you know areas that they need to to um to get talent and um, just to, to provide solutions so certainly there's there's lots going on in in the recruitment space 
and the people solutions and, and talent solutions in general. Uh, lots of opportunities for people as well. We work very closely with um, lots of clients and, and different organisations around pushing the agenda for things like uh, women in technology um, and, o- and other kind of initiatives and, and events that we be, would be quite keen to, to pursue and, and work with our clients to, to help them with things like diversity and inclusion and that as well. So, but yeah, it's still still lots of opportunities and yep. still lots of opportunities for for potential employees to be to be grilling employers about what they can <laughs> offer them. But yeah, but certainly I think that the current landscape has has opened a lot more opportunities and it's kind of changed people's view of work and and flexible working and that as well. It, it, re- it really has. Mm. What are your own thoughts? I mean, crystal ball time. Like, what what does that the future of work look like? Is it is it the hybrid model that we're hearing about? A couple of days at home, uh, two or three days in the office. I imagine something like that mm. will be another just an, yet another challenge for yourself. You'll probably your your colleagues will have to adapt to whatever yeah. the, the client yeah. organization is doing. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we'll 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 flex and adapt, and I think a lot of organisations we're all kind of in doing the same thing. We're all working on our agile working strategy now, and it's like, what does it, it is hard to to kind of to, to look at it and to think of what is it actually going to look like post pandemic? Because so many people really miss the office environment and the structure that an office environment provides, because it does actually kind of force more balance now many people don't miss the long commutes if they did have a long commute so working from home definitely it it has lots of of pluses but certainly people do miss the opportunity to be in an office and and structure their day and separate their home and their work life a little bit more i i would say we'll end up most organizations will end up with some sort of hybrid model i can't imagine many organizations will go back to the way things were you know two years ago but also uh, on the flip side, I think um, there, there needs to be a little bit of flexibility and there, there probably is a need for people to, to engage a little bit more socially, um, particularly in, in businesses where innovation and collaboration are key. Um, I think it's always good to, to get together. Uh, but equally, when you're remote, you know, it's a very level playing field. When everyone's remote, it doesn't matter where you are, where you're located. And, you know, you, you're an equal contributor. So there's lots, I think there's lots of considerations and it will be there will be a whole other challenge when when you have half of the people in the office and half the people at home, and it's yeah. like you know it's different when everybody's working in one way or another. And um, so finding that new ways of working and and managing remote, hybrid remote and, and hybrid in the office, and um, that's that's going to be a challenge in itself. But I think look, you know, as as we've kind of said throughout this, you know, connecting with people and trying to understand what is important to them is 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 really to success because if you implement a strategy that you think is the best in the world but you haven't actually asked anyone about their opinion it's setting yourself up for for failure or at the very least resistance so um you know trying trying to engage with people and and connect people will be really really important yeah absolutely and it's it'll be really interesting to see how things actually settle down yeah and as you say kind of listening to people is key and and being flexible flexibility Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah We've we've focused on the role. We've focused on um, kind of Morgan McKinley quite a bit. What about yourself, Helen? You've got a very busy role, uh, busy family life as well. Are you managing to uh, to look after your own well being? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I have to say it has been a roller coaster this (laughs) this last twelve months. It's been crazy. It has been like there's no point in in denying it. There have been moments where I have been tearing my hair out. There's been moments when the kids have been absolutely going crazy. I have three of them, six, eight, and ten. And my husband works full time as well. Both of us from home. 
upstairs, downstairs. And, you know, it's been crazy. But I try to focus on positives and I'm very much a glass half full type person. So positives are I've never seen so much of my family and luckily we all get on. But it's great because, you know, previously, you know, I work in, in the city centre. My husband works more and more locally, but it was just commute, commute. It was ships in the night. I'd be working late. You know, we t- we take turns to pick the kids up and stuff like that. And now, you know, every evening we try really hard to sit together and have a meal and, you know, hear about everyone's days and stuff like that. We never really did that before. It was always kind of, you know, you were kind of checking in with each other and you do the pickup and you, it's just bonkers. Like it was just, and trying to avoid traffic so I'll stay working late and all this kind of stuff. So I think the slower pace of life has afforded me much more time to spend with, with people I love. We've also got a dog like many other people during lockdown. So we have a fourth uh, child in our house, Lexi, our little pup, and she's great. And she's brought so much happiness to, to the house in a time when, you know, it's been pretty, pretty tough going with, with everything. And I just would never have entertained getting a dog or getting a pet mm. before because our, our lifestyles and our schedules didn't allow for it. But mm. now, you know, there's, there's all those opportunities. So, so yeah, so I think, yeah, it's been busy, but I think I'm focusing very much on the positives that, that will come out of this with, with the, the time, the, the slower pace of life, and also just the opportunity to, to work on some really interesting pieces of work around business continuity, agile working, like really fast tracking some of our flexible working strategies that we were kind of, plowing our way through a couple of years ago like we've just gone 110 miles an hour into those so so that's been great and you know really enjoyed kind of working with with our leadership team on as we've navigated throughout this this unusual time in our lives absolutely yeah lots of positives as you said uh spending time with the family that's been i've heard that repeated quite a few times quite Mm. quite a lot of busy professionals are actually getting that time at home yeah just as busy work-wise, but yeah, we're just at home that little bit more. So getting that more more time, and you're you're at least a third guest as well to have got a dog in the last six months or so. So that's a bit of a trend as well. They're taking I, over. Yeah, I hope the dogs and the pets now will be considered in this future kind of flexible working policy or agile working policies. <laughs> well, I know. I, I mean, I, I've heard of um, there's a couple of organisations that have introduced paternity leave. So you know. <laughs> kind of a maternity leave for for new dog and cat mums so uh we haven't quite got that far yet but i say you know it's certainly all these things are on the agenda yeah. but yeah look i mean i think it's it's just it's funny like they are kind of every time you go to the park it's like there's more dogs there but yeah. uh, they are taken over but it's it's you know it's, it's a nice thing to be able to to, to do when especially with the with the young kids that uh they, they love they love the the puppy yeah and the dog. And absolutely yeah. and a great reason to get outdoors get some fresh yeah. air get a walk yeah. in no, no, no choice not to. Yeah, you, ha- you have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Helen, listen, thanks so much for your time. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Absolutely, thank you uh, for having me, Brian. Um, so you can, I suppose, you can connect in with me on LinkedIn. I'm Helen Gallagher O'Byrne on LinkedIn. I've double barreled for LinkedIn purposes. Um, and then we have on our morganmckinley.com website, we have a hub, um, an adapt your, adapt your Business Hub, which has loads of top tips and articles and videos around, you know, remote working and adapting to the current climate. So that, that's basically it. our website. If people are interested in, in opportunities at Morgan McKinley, there's a, a dedicated career site, careers.morganmckinley.com. So um, but feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn. That's uh, the most direct, direct, direct form of contact. Fantastic. And we will share all those links in the show notes. Fantastic. Great. Helen, thanks so much for your time. Thank you.
Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure. Hello, everyone. Brian here again. A big thank you for listening right to the end of this episode of the Work Well podcast. I want to give a big shout out to our partners, the fruit people who are leading the way in workplace nutrition, both in office and remotely. You can check them out at thefruitpeople.ie. And it's with thanks to the fruit people that we have a delicious fresh fruit and healthy snack pack to give away to one lucky listener for each episode of season three. To find out how to enter, go to workwellpodcast.com and find the link to the latest podcast episode. Finally, are you interested in diving deeper in the area of workplace well-being? Why wouldn't you? You need to check out the Work Well Institute. The Work Well Institute is an online hub for all your workplace well-being, education, and training needs, whether you're an individual or an organization. Head on over to workwellinstitute.org where you'll find out the details on all the courses available, including my flagship program, Developing a Workplace Wellness Program That Lasts. Check it out at workwellinstitute.org. Thanks again for listening. The original music for this podcast was composed by my friend Greg Clifford. Thank you, Greg. Remember to work well, stay safe, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Work Well Podcast.